Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts producing the show today and joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. The one and only Bart Winkler. Bart, what's going on? Oh, I'm just reeling from the news that uh, Christian Yelich got stra- uh, scratched for tonight. Yeah, back injury. That's not good. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not ideal. But Hunter Renfro's back, so we at least got to be happy about that, right? Hey, have you guys talked about Corbin Burns at all and the conspiracy? What's the conspiracy about Burns? I don't. I haven't seen that. Well, it's our conspiracy. So he pitched on Wednesday. Yeah. And then that would line up to pitch. He should be pitching today. He should be pitching today and then Sunday. But they're holding him till I think Thursday so that he lines up for the All-Star game. So we he should wants be getting to pitch- two burn starts this week and we're only getting one. So he wants to pitch the All-Star game. Either he does or Council is letting him or I don't know. But based on the the way the rotation's been going, we should be getting two burn starts this week. We're only getting one. So are you mad about that? Sad about that? Uh, we were trying to figure out today on the show how much I wanted to be mad about it. I think because I, you know, I don't want to make something out of nothing, but also it is kind of like weird. So I'm gonna wait to see how many dozens of runs Jason Ag- Alexander gives up tonight, and then we'll probably be mad about it tomorrow. <laughs> right. I, I was telling Adam about my theory, uh, how I don't like to go to games where. Burns is pitching, but I want to go watch Jason Alexander because everybody gets hits against Alexander. <laughs> oh, it's a great theory. People are on base. There's always action. I did a uh, DraftKings for tonight. Stack the Twins. Oh, yeah. I got to ask you about this because uh, first time talking to you. How was the kid uh, with the game on Saturday? Oh, my God, Toby. It was the best. It was, like I almost started crying walking into the ballpark, holding his hand like <laughs> It was the best from the moment we got in there because, you know, this was like the most busy kind of majestic sort of eye-opening thing he's ever seen. The the biggest like, you know, like when you take a kid to Disney World, it's like, oh, my God, look at everything. There's so much going on here, right? Mm-hmm. The most like, I don't know what the word, right word is, but the most like place we've taken him where there's been action is like a grocery store. So he walks into this ballpark and there's, lights everywhere and people and sounds and screens and it was just like his, his, his really i'll never forget his face it was so wide open and just full of like where am i and then we executed my ticket plan to perfection we got the um 
special tickets to buy the Elmo bobblehead, which he loves. And so we had to buy special tickets for that and sit up high. And I sat up high for about three pitches before I wanted to <laughs> never sit. I hate it up there. <laughs> and I have a kid. You know, you're trying to you're trying to like make an impression on this kid. To you want to? I want. I think he should be close. So then we found on uh, SeatGeek $135 tickets for eight bucks. That's not bad at all. So no, no, it is not bad at all. So then. We went down there, and uh, we were down there for innings three through seven, and and he, he did really good. I think the problem is I wanted him to have a good time so that he'll want to go back, but now he might have had too good of a time because he loves oh, Sesame every, Street. Every, so now I got to take him when, there's no, when he doesn't like Sesame Street because they kept showing it on TV during the half innings, and uh, I think he liked that a little better than the actual game. So now every time if I take him again, he's going to be thinking that, Sesame Street's like a part of baseball. It's not. <laughs> it's no. Normally it is not. Normally they don't do who in the crowd looks the most like Elmo between innings, which I'll have to <laughs> break his heart next time we go. Toby Altizer alongside Adam Roberts talking with Bart Winkler. I do want to remind you that this portion of the show is brought to you by Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Bart, one thing that we talked about that I know you'd be totally in favor of, we're talking about how going into this season for the Packers, they're going to have to use Aaron Jones differently. They're going to have to use him a whole lot more. I was looking at how many touches he got a game over the last couple of seasons, and two years in a row he got almost 18 touches. He got 17.5, 17.9, whatever the number was. And then last year he dipped down to under 15 touches a game. I want to see him get close to 18 to 20 and used more in the passing game. I know that's something you've been advocating for for a while. Well, it seems like they've been saving him for something. You know, a guy like Aaron Jones, especially the way that he runs, uh, very elusive, very quick. But also, if they're going to use him as a receiver in the open field, that can open you up to some more contact, right? Open you up to, to some more hits. And I, Even without A.J. Dillon, when they had Jamal Williams, it always seemed like they wanted to kind of limit the Jones portion of that. So he's as fresh as possible at the end of the season and in the playoffs. And I think that, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at, you know, it's kind of cruel, but you gotta look at what this guy is going to do for you this season, but also how long is he going to be here? You know, there's a possibility that this could be Aaron Jones last year as a Packer. Uh, There's a possibility that Corbin Burns is not a brewer, you know, after his contract, a very real possibility. So that's why if you're the brewers, you should be pitching him twice this week. Get what you can out of them, and not just the one time. But with Jones, yeah, they've got to they've got to use him more. I don't know, you know, what the future is, but it does seem like they've been saving him and saving him, or at least trying to protect him. But he needs to be, if they're going to be any good offensively, he needs to be a massive part of this offense. Part of the reason that I'm not super down on them losing Devontae is Aaron Jones. If if they're if Aaron Jones isn't used correctly, or let's say there's an injury to Jones, then they're in trouble. I mean, they can still hand the ball off and run to Dylan, and we'll see if any of these receivers step up or what happens at tight end. But to have Aaron Jones, it just it's it he is such a weapon, and I think they've only like cracked the surface or utilized that every so often. 
you know, it was early on when I thought they could use this guy like the Saints use Alvin Kamara, and the Packers have done that, and the games that they do it, I mean, it's very, very successful, but sometimes it doesn't seem like they want to do that. So I just, the more they can get him the ball, I'm with you, 20 touches a game would be would be perfect, and get a bunch of touches to Dylan too. I mean, this has got to be a good one-two punch system. I want to see those guys in the backfield together 20 times a game. You know, I, I want them to be together and utilized and and really a focal point of this offense. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he can be voted number one on whatever poll they want to vote him on. But this is a team that I think needs to go through. They need to go through Jones and Dylan this year if they're going to be successful. Yeah, I almost want to see them do like, you know, they've gone kind of 1A, 1B for a while now with their running backs, whether it's Williams and Jones or now Dylan and Jones. I almost want to see them use Dylan as the lead rushing back, give him the majority of the runs, because I'm fine with him getting 15 runs a game. I think that if you give Dylan the number of rushes, he'll really weigh down and wear down that defense. But get the ball to Aaron Jones in space. If that means fewer rushes and his total amount of touches is less, I'm fine with it if you're giving him quality ones where he can make something out of nothing, whether it's screens, whether it's using him in the slot, running him in some shallow crosses, whatever the case may be to get him the ball in some space. I just want to see Aaron Jones utilized more. And I think the perfect example that you brought up is Alvin Kamara because they can work together because you've seen seasons where the Saints have kept Alvin Kamara used quite a bit and then Mark Ingram has a great year. And there's no reason that the Packers can't do something like that this year with Dylan and Jones. Yeah, it's almost like too obvious of a comparison. But that's what they need to do. And if they don't utilize those guys and make them the focal point, then it's it's just you have you have this great weapon in front of you. You've got this great set of ingredients to make a meal, and so that we have they have to use it. They have to actually go through with it, which I think they will. You know, I do think some of the season will be trying to trying to determine like which receiver is going to be the guy. I think there's going to be a little bit of that, but I, I think this is a, the Packers. I think it's a Packers team that's going to be prepared to run the football more. And and that should benefit Jones and Dylan. And there should be a lot of play action off of that, too. I think we're going to see the truest form of Matt LaFleur's offense that we've seen in the four years, the offense that he came in with. And, you know, it's going to be up to Rodgers to go through with that. But I don't have any reason at this point to think that he wouldn't. Real quick, I do want to talk a little bit more uh, about the Brewers. But we talked about this a little bit the other day with Paul Emig when I was in with you last week. But what kind of grade would you give the Bucks this offseason? You kind of hit on it a little bit, but we kind of dove into it deeper a little bit today. Adam said about a C plus. I said about a C C plus because you know I don't necessarily feel like they got better. They also didn't get worse. You know they kind of did what a lot of us expected them to do and bring some of these guys back, and then really just brought everyone back. And then for all intents and purposes, and then brought in Joe Ingles and drafted Bochamp. So haven't done anything special. Haven't done anything terrible either. But where where would you grade them? Well, I would give it closer to a B plus. I might did I say A last week? I, I can't remember what you said. I think it was somewhere probably around a B. I think with the with the offseason, retaining Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, that was the mission. Specifically Bobby. Like Pat Pat was always gonna stay. Okay. But and, and Bobby probably was too, but retaining those guys to me was how you determine if this offseason was a success or not. 
and then they had an asset with the draft, and they used it. And I think we're just going to keep falling more and more in love with Bochamp as we see him. And then I do like Joe Ingles being signed. I understand, you know, he's coming off an injury and he's older and like this whole team is old right now. So I think there might be a little disappointment because I think they've had a good offseason. I feel it does kind of feel like eh, maybe there's one move missing or maybe there's one more player they could have got or like a younger kind of wing that they could have got. So we'll see. But I, I'm, I mean, C, C is C is low. You guys, you guys are low. I would say at least, at least, at least a B. Yeah, I'm just lower I, because they didn't B get plus. they didn't get better by any sort. But I don't know that they could have either. I think they just kind of kind of average. That's why I give them a C, just kind of average. And I'm waiting just to see what happens still. Well, I think they. Who did they lose? They didn't really lose anyone. And then they added Ingles and then Bochamp, so they got better. Eh, I don't know. I just I like are those guys really moving the needle for you? It, if they play them, it's going to be like, are they going to play them? And I, look, dude, I'm buying, okay, I'm not trying to buy in the summer league. <laughs> but Mamu hitting threes? Guys, looking good. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to buy in the summer league because if we're doing that, then every Wizards fan is mad because Johnny Davis apparently sucks. So that, that... I stayed up late last night just to watch Richard Jefferson ref. <laughs> How was I that? I hate myself. It was, it was not worth it, but... How do you it's watch also, a guy ref? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> One last question before we get to some draft mockery. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, talking about the Brewers, because, you know, you go on Twitter after any Brewers loss, and it's like no one's ever watched baseball before because there's 162 games, and we freak out after a loss. It's the worst at the beginning of the season. But during the middle of the season, if they lose a series or much less back-to-back series against bottom feeders, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to this franchise. And so I was asking fans, like, what do you honestly want out of the Brewers? Like, what do you want from me? Because, you know, you can say they need to spend more money, and we've talked about that, but this is the most money they've ever spent on a payroll in the franchise's history. You can say, well, I want a successful franchise. You're about to go to the fifth straight postseason, hopefully this year. I'd say that's pretty successful. Like, If you say you want a World Series, I can understand if you're a little bit disappointed in this team, or if you say you want to be the best team in the National League, I get that. But like, what do you honestly want out of the Brewers? Is it just competitiveness, or is it you? you need a World Series now? Well, I need a World Series. I I mean, Brewers fans, we all need a World Series. I think where some frustrations building up right now and like what do you want out of the Brewers is we all assume, we all assume that the same thing's going to happen. We still think, you know, they're good enough to win the Central, all right? But then we just think that they're going to get bounced right away. Even with as fluky as the baseball playoffs can be, there's really nothing showing us that this team – is going to be worth anything offensively to have happen different than what happened last year. It feels like we're watching a rerun where we're going to win the division and then a team's going to come in and we're going to score like four runs the whole series. And there's nothing really night in and night out to show us any different. And not only that, but some of the pitching has been underwhelming. Uh, the defense is getting really bad. And for all that, they're still in first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's great. But this isn't – we're not like I, – I remember a season in like 2007 where I was scoreboard watching in August. 
And I, I was so thrilled that it was at that point of the season and like we were still in contention. You know, I was scoreboard watching in August. I, I was just, it was like the greatest feeling for me. We're so far past that. The, the Brewers have shown that they can get to the playoffs. Small market be damned. They can get to the playoffs. We're going to need to see them do a little bit more than that. And right now it looks like, and again, we don't know what it will look like in a couple of months, but there are no indications from what we see right now to convince us that there's going to be anything other the result of the last few seasons where it's a, if they could have, should have, would have, they're going to lose to the team that wins the World Series or goes to the World Series. So I think we just want, we want some progress. They're, they got to the certain point and then it seems like they've plateaued. So I, I would say the answer to that is we want to see some progress or at least the hope that progress is possible come uh, the playoffs. Well, and that's what I talked about with Sparky. I talked about it with Tim yesterday. Is I don't know that Brewers fans would have thought if you brought this up to them a decade ago, 15 years ago, that, hey, you're going to be going for your fifth straight playoff appearance. You're nine games above 500 in first place in the Central, close to the All-Star break, and people are not happy with this team. I don't think people would have understood. I don't think people would have believed you. But now where they're at... This is where fans are getting a little frustrated and won a World Series, and I think that's a good thing for the Brewers to finally raise the expectations from let's just get into the playoffs to now expecting a little bit more, and fans are a little frustrated because of it, and I have no problem with that. I think that's a good thing for a franchise. I think it got that way with the Bucs. You know, it was happy to, hey, we're in the playoffs, to, hey, let's go and win this thing now, and hopefully that can be the case for the Brewers, and now the expectations have been raised. They can go do it. Yeah, because winning, getting into the playoffs – Year after year, it's not it's not a championship. And you, you talk to all these other fans of football teams, are like, how can Packer fans complain? They're always competitive. All right, but there's no progress there. So when you're bad, you want to get in the playoffs. When you get in the playoffs, you want to go farther. And when you start to go farther, you want to win. You want progress. There just hasn't been any progress. So that's what, yeah, I, you know, Bruce fans 10 years ago, they'd be like, whoa, really? No way. But those same fans, here we are. And we're like, okay, this could be better here. So, yeah, I would. I, we were all taking this 10 years ago, but now that we're here, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's do something with it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 